Late Night Conversations with Patricia Anduli, Monday to Thursday, 10 p.m. till midnight. Let's welcome Basil Manuel, who is uh, the executive director for the National Professional Teachers Organization of South Africa, NAPTOSA. Basil, thank you very much for joining us. Good evening, Patricia. Always a pleasure to be with you. Uh, Did you enjoy the song we opened up with? Yes, thank you. It was really pleasant to hear it after a long time. (laughs) And that's one of your favorite songs I hear. Yes. Ah, Well, let's do it our way. And uh, let's talk about what uh, the new, uh, uh, you know, uh, regulations or uh, the new set of uh, rules for teachers under the Employment and Educators Act that was issued last week says around um, educators and sanctions for various categories of uh, teacher misconduct. Yes, uh, Patricia, it's important that we do because I think it's an important document, but I do need to make a correction. This is not about what teachers could be charged on. That is already in the EEA, the Employment of Educators Act. But what was missing was what happens after you are found guilty. Are you automatically found guilty for life? And this document seeks now to ensure that the various categories of offenses that people have already been found guilty for are limited or alternatively made permanent. So uh, if you have stolen money, you can't be banned for life from returning to teaching because you can be rehabilitated, as it would happen in any other uh, professional instance. And this is what this important document does. Hence, it is is about the prevention of re-employment for people who have been discharged or deemed discharged. But it also limits how long you may remain discharged. Hmm. So it's just expansion of which it was much needed. Now, let, let's talk about uh, some of uh, the, the rules. So you mentioned if you are found stealing um, at school, then you would obviously not be banned for life. What would then happen to a teacher that is found stealing? And maybe, Patricia, we should start with the most serious. Those that, that would have a lifetime banning from returning to teaching. And I want to stress the importance of how this works. So if you've been found guilty of, of uh, misconduct that, has, that is of a sexual nature, um, sexually having uh, had an offense against a child, uh, or against an adult who has declared a child, such as a, uh, a person who is mentally retarded, and as a result declared by, by law to be a child. Such a person could not return ever back into teaching. Now, I want to stress the importance of having such a rule. What has happened up to now is that you could be found guilty in KwaZulu-Natal. And then the people skip over the border, go to the Eastern Cape, and take up a position there. Unbeknown to the Eastern Cape that this is a miscreant who was already dismissed and they start another job and perpetrate the same evil and then found guilty, skip to Limpopo as an example, and then is re-employed. We've, we've had a number of such cases. Now, of course, with this particular uh, clause in terms of the length uh, for which you are uh, deemed unfit to return, they will not be able to, to have re-employment back in the department. And then, of course, we have other things like this. So, like so Basil, 
Basil, yes. does that mean yes. then there, there'd be a central system that would be able to um, almost like blacklist that particular uh, sexual offending teacher? Well, there are two, in fact. Number one is the sexual offences register. But we do know that we've had problems with that because it hasn't always been up to date. Yes. And second of, secondly, of course, access to it is not so easy. But then, of course, the second level is SACE, the South African Council of Educators, that has to remove your, uh, your, your registration for teaching. And let me say there is a third one. The third one is Treasury that puts a block on the salary. So the salary can't be reactivated in that person's name or personal number. And those are important things that are made provision for. And as a result, if you go to another province and you try to reactivate, and remember you, your ID number doesn't ever change, they will pick you up and say, hey, this character is a miscreant, found guilty, should not be reemployed, and of course the whole process kicks in. Okay, so this would be a lifetime ban, obviously, and I think it's 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 one that is required. But hopefully, it won't be just the ban; it would also be some, um, you know, uh, people getting arrested for sexual offences. Because we've seen a rise of these in uh, the school premises. Absolutely, Patricia. But now we need to separate issues. Remember that the process of finding a person guilty, etc., could be on different levels. There's the Department of Education, there's SACE, and then there's a criminal offence too. And this is not talking to that. Those processes will happen. But if the department has uh, dismissed you, this is what it is talking to, why you could never come back, even after serving a jail sentence, for example, why you should not be allowed back, because it's an offence against the dignity of a child. Mm, mm, okay. Now, other offences here are teachers who come to school drunk. But before we do that, I'd like to hear from A-teamers who are educators. And uh, A-teamer, if you're an educator, what do you think of uh, these new sanctions and uh, the implications that they hold? Call in and let us know. And also, if you're an A-teamer who's a who who's a parent and has children at a school do you feel that what you know the basic education department has done is correct and does it give you more comfort that your child's safety is uh, going to be put first and the school environment will be rid of uh, unscrupulous educators call in on 0117142006 or whatsapp 0614104107 so basil those who come to school drunk you know when i think of teachers coming to school drunk i remember Remember uh, a series that uh, played uh, back in the day, Yizo Yizo. And that's where I had my first encounter of experiencing teachers who are just out of order. You know, I don't know if you remember that series that we had on our tellies. And, and you know, seeing a teacher drunk was w- w- shocked me because thank goodness I, I, I had the advantage of not having to go to a school where I'd experienced such. But this is a norm in many environments. Well, you see, Patricia, let me put it this way. For every type of offence, or or rather offences are clustered into level of severity. And, of course, the the prevention for returning is then determined by how severe some of these offences are, such as uh, drinking or having intoxicating substances. But more importantly, on this particular level, is stupefying substances, those like drugs, etc., and you you share them with children. That could also be a lifetime ban where you would never come back. 
However, for being drunk on duty, it is an offence. It is a dismissible offence. And, of course, there are, are various sanctions. Five years is, is one of them. Because, remember, um, alcoholism is also seen as a sickness besides the problems that it comes with, and even uh, having a drug addiction is a sickness. And so in, there is no profession in the world that can say, because you were drunk, you should be banned for life. But, of course, such uh, instances, one must show that there has been rehabilitation before returning. And these are the important sub-clauses that we need to be looking at. And if you go further to things like discrimination, you know, there are so many uh, instances where, uh, besides race, which we focus on often, we think about sexual uh, orientation, how people are badly treated simply because they have an orientation different to what people think is the norm. Alternatively, uh, issues of, of when people are pregnant, they treat it badly because some people at school don't want to have the disruption and so on. So even there too, it's a four-year uh, ban from returning if you've been found guilty. Now, Neptoza has a bit of an issue. We are questioning whether something as serious as, as that should only have a four-year ban. When I think about sexual orientation, for example, and I think of how many people have suffered badly when I think about race, and you think about how badly people have suffered, do you really believe that only four years is sufficient? And there too, there must surely be some addition that says, before you return, there must have been some process of, of uh, showing that you are going to, you have learned, and you will be better off. But remember, the basic tenant is that, um, sanctions can't just be punitive. They must be restorative as well. We must be fixing things so that a person is better in their job, not only just the big stick. I'd like to go to an ATMO who's on the line. Remember, ATMOs, if you'd like to weigh in on our conversation, SMSs go to 41391, or you can WhatsApp 0614-104-107. Dutugo, ATMO, good evening. Hi, how are you? Excellent, how are you? I'm good, I'm good. I'd like to ask Basil a question. Uh, have they involved the unions when deciding all of this? Because now you find that uh, a teacher does something wrong and then uh, the person is found guilty. And then the unions are the ones who will be fighting for the teacher not to be dismissed. Have they involved the teachers the unions in all of this because uh, you find that the, these two are contradictory. The person is guilty, but the unions say, no, 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 unemployment, unemployment. It just doesn't make sense. Mm. Where are the unions in all of this? Mm. All right, Ntutuga, let's allow Basil to um, come in. Basil? Okay. Absolutely. Let's just look at how the process works. Remember, everybody's innocent until found guilty. Um, and that is where the unions have a role to play. We have to defend members. And if members are found guilty, then there's a sanction. And remember that the presiding officers are independent entities, and so there would be a sanction. Now, of course, let's remember that a person has a right to an appeal. 
If that is exhausted, the sanction is then applied to say, okay, you are now dismissed. After that, the union cannot interfere with that process when once the appeal process is over. Now this year is not a debate any longer. It says, having been dismissed for X, you cannot return after, uh, until so many years have lapsed. And depending on, on, on the uh, severity of, of the particular issue. So, for example, if you wrongfully use the property of the state, and uh, that is, for example, you, there, there is a, a pool car, and you have taken the pool car for a spin, and you are found guilty of that, and you are dismissed. The sanction is only after dismissal, one year. After one year, you can reapply. But you don't get your job back. You've got to be in the field with everybody else applying. But no, the unions can't change this schedule. But they can defend members until the point where people are found guilty and have exhausted the appeals process. And obviously, I understand that even with this particular decision, um, Satu and yourself at Naptosa were both very welcoming to the new regulations. No, absolutely. Uh, Patricia, whilst we have one or two issues where we are questioning the severity or lack of, um, we have been uh, asking for this for a long time because this year has created two scenarios, one of overdoing and one of underdoing. By not having direction as to how long a sanction applies, in one province, a person found guilty of theft after a year, they could reapply and they were reinstated. In another province, five years later, the person is still trying to apply and the province simply just ignores it. Now there is common regulation that it will be applied across provinces, which is a good thing, both for the state, both for the administrators of all this, and of course for the people who do find themselves on the wrong side of things. Remember, you could have people, good teachers, sort of the earth type of people who, who are guilty of an infringement, which might lead to a severe sanction. Do we keep them out forever? Surely even in the prison system. Somebody who goes to prison for burglary has a right to come out, be rehabilitated, and go back into a job. And this is no different to that. Now, you know, it, it seems very um, a bit off, the fact that these new regulations and sanctions, as the, you know, the added um, um, weight on the sanctions is only introduced now, whereas these particular rules have been around since 1994. What would happen to those who have already committed some of these crimes, for instance, sex offense or going to work drunk and are still employed by the department? Will the new rules apply to them and maybe have, um, you know, will they then get these new rules um you know, uh, looked at into their cases? Or will it be just like, oh, well, you've moved provinces, this happened two years ago, let's move on with life? Remember, Patricia, that in South African law, nothing is retrospective. You can't create a new law and charge a person uh, under that new condition that who did something 10 years ago. You're absolutely right. 
This is from now and the people who are now currently serving these sanctions. They now know how long they have to wait until they can reapply. And those who have been dismissed for sexual misconduct, they now know that they could never come back. But somebody who had come back into the system, well, they may have now escaped it because we can't apply it retrospectively. And that is a basic tenet in our law. There is no retrospectivity. Very unfortunate uh, for us in society, but uh, fortunate for those who have committed these offences. On SMS, I've got a question from an anonymous who says, uh, can your guest please tell me if it's illegal in South Africa to host an adult website? And I'm sure he's tying it or she's tying it to the fact that what if one of these teachers are hosting an, uh, um, an adult website? Uh, would this then be linked to their career, even if it has nothing to do with the school children? Well, obviously, well, look, that is a serious one. Remember, we have the SACE code of professional ethics. And under professional ethics, any member of the public can raise an issue against somebody who is bringing the profession into disrepute. And surely hosting an adult uh, site must be bringing the profession into disrepute. I can't even begin to imagine that a person can simply divorce it simply because it doesn't impact on children. Because even in these, there are sanctions for for various other types of misconduct as well as uh, things like pornography and the rest of it. So, yes, of course. And don't forget the power of the parent. Because the parent who is part of Joe Public can raise issues. And we are saying it is up to teachers as peers, up to the parents as the people who are the, 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 the custodians of our schools to ensure that we don't populate our schools with undesirable elements. Mm, very important. So we all have to be correct. Um, and another one here, it says, isn't stealing, greed and sexual offense or alcohol drinking um, uh, like a sickness? I find it difficult to um, digest, especially the stealing part. So I don't know if you can respond to that. That's via an SMS uh, WhatsApp here. Well, it's very difficult for me. I'm not, I'm not uh, qualified necessarily to, to speak to whether it's an illness or not. However, our uh, first role is to protect the child, irrespective of whether the person is presenting an illness or not. And if that is going to cause serious harm, not only physically, but mentally, and for, uh, for untold time to a child, can you run the risk of saying we're experimenting with healing and then another child gets, uh, gets attacked in, 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 in this way? No, I don't think I can qualify. I'm qualified to, to enter into that debate, but I must say I'm leaning on the side where I say what is in the best interest of the child? Mm-hmm. And remember, our Bill of Rights says in anything where the child is involved, the child's interest is paramount. Now, Basil, just uh, as we close, what are your uh, parting comments? My parting comments is this is a good document. We were involved in looking at the groupings, etc. There are one or two small issues we have, and they are in, are they insignificant in the big scheme of things. This supports both parents 
and it supports the teachers, but it also supports administration. And I believe this is a step in the uh, the right direction. It is a great pity, as you've said before, Patricia, that we didn't do this sooner. Most definitely. Basil, thank you very much for joining us. Always such a great pleasure. Always a pleasure. You have a good one further and look after yourself. That was Basil Manuel, who is uh, the... Executive Director at Naptosa, and we're looking at the, the issue of the extended regulations for those in the Education Department, especially Employment of Educators Act. And um, yeah, beware. This is what's going to happen to you if you don't behave yourself. A-teamers, call in on 011714-2006 as we continue on the conversation of education. Like I said, when we started the show, there's been very disturbing videos on social media. There was uproar at a school in Limpopo, and there's been quite a lot of upsetting issues around bullying in schools. And it seems that girls are the ones who continue to experience violence in South African schools. Yes, boys also experience it, but when it comes to the bullying, uh, more reporting is done from the girls. Divya Bana, who's a professor in gender and childhood uh, sexuality at the University of Guazul Natal, is joining us next.